Welcome to While You're Here, a podcast for the contractor by the contractor. I'm your host, Chris G, here with our producer, Gene. Thanks for tuning in. We love having listeners. However, everything is not for everyone, and everyone is not for everything. So if you are easily offended by words, please turn this off now. If words make you sad or angry, please, please turn this off now. Today's music is brought to you by Santeria. You can find more of their music in our links. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Um, Our guest today is Andy L. Welcome to the show, Andy. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Um, Hear it while you're here. Hear it while you're here. That's that's awkward. (laughs) Awkward. Uh, we tell our stories about, you know, things that happen uh, while you're out on the job, whatever it may be. Um, Andy, have you got a good while you're here story for us? Hmm. Actually, I've got a pretty, it's it's minor, but it's pretty good from uh, very recently. So, <clears throat> go to the job site with my boss early in the morning. It's about a $3 million project, and we pull up, and we're getting ready to walk in the house to get people started on the lighting and some other things, and I hear this helicopter. So the helicopter lands, and it's the owners, the husband and wife, jump out and come in the house, and uh, they're seeing what's going on. We've got a work crew in there, and they're like, why you're here, there is something I wanted to talk to you about. Okay, well, it's like, come out here. And he's pointing to the helicopter and the lawn, and it's like, so I talked to a company about building a helipad and actual uh, lighting for aircraft, and the cost is just ridiculous. Can we do some low-voltage lighting around a pad that we put out here so we can, you know, see our landing pad? So. Also, we're going to need this red room of pain. Well, yeah, we don't want to talk about that. With the special <laughs> hidden drawer for the ceremonial knives, but yeah. that's, you know, I didn't hear that. Yeah. You didn't hear that from me. No. That's classified. Were they flying the helicopter? They were actually, they're both licensed. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if one of them passes out, it's not doom. Yeah. Uh, I usually only pass out when I'm flying my helicopter. Well, you know, it's the, the G's. Run! Go! Get to the chopper! You know, Andy, um, we've all had funny things happen with that. And, um, you know, while you're here is, is definitely a fun part of the show. But, you know, usually the show ends up going to other places. Um, you know, for example, uh, recently in the news I noticed, in, uh, and we've talked about this specific country a few times, but uh, Russia has been in the news uh, lately. Mother Russia. What What do you think about Vladimir Putin, Andy? What do I think about Vladimir Putin? I think he is a very intelligent man who has the experience and backing of years of one of the best uh, security and spying agencies in the entire world behind him, and he's not afraid to use it. Very true. Um, so I, I stumbled upon this article, and I mean, it's it's not funny, but it is. So there's massive protests where, you know, they got about 
more than says more than 5,100 people were detained by police, according to a monitoring group, and uh, and some were beaten. So that followed the four thousand dollar or four thousand dollar four thousand pe- people that were detained from another one that was uh, on January 23rd. So they've got almost like wow 10,000 people in the gulag. Uh, being detained for for this. So, um, and what is this currently? <laughs> the massive protests were demonstrating <clears throat> for a um, Putin opposition leader, um, and oh. I'm sure I'm going to butcher the poor fellow's name, but but Naval Navalny's. This is the Navalny's. one that was poisoned, right? And yeah. Survived. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, the 44 year old. Um, Novani, an anti-corruption investigator who is Putin's best-known critic, was arrested on January 17th upon returning from Germany where he spent five months recovering from nerve agent poisoning that he blames on the Kremlin. Russian authorities have rejected the accusations. He was arrested for allegedly violating his parole conditions by not reporting for meetings for law, with law enforcement because he was recuperating from them fucking poisoning him. <laughs> uh, that Violation sounds like, of parole. That sounds like... Good old Russia. Mother Russia. And these people in our streets, they complain about <clears throat> traffic. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know, one could say that it's a travesty, but you could also say that that type of behavior is on the rise everywhere. Can you imagine the while you're here stories in Russia? Oh my gosh. So there's a body that you must move before we finish this stud wall. I know you're here for a heater. Heater always goes out. You got lots of heaters to fix, but I need you to work on something for me. <laughs> hide this body. <laughs> Just hide this body. Just dig hole. I know ground very frozen, but you must dig hole, dispose of body, then I pay you for what we talk about with heater. When I was in the... Uh, more of the, the pro audio side of things. There was a chain of strip clubs that we sold sound and lighting to. And the gentleman who was, you know, at the main place, he said, you come for lunch. I show you good lunch at strip club. <laughs> and so I go there and he says, come in the back. And he takes out like an entire ribeye and he pulls out this knife He's like, this was my grandfather's knife. He killed Nazis with it. And he whacks off these big chunks of steak. He's like, I show you a good dinner. I have girls dance for you. <laughs> and <laughs> you just, you get the impression that, you know, you never want to say no to that guy. No. The I, connection was there. I don't even there. want to say no about saying no yeah. to that guy. No, I don't. I don't want to say no in agreeance. <laughs> Piotr, wherever you are, I'm not saying no. That's right. Are you aware that there is a law in Russia right now that if you make picture of Premier Putin as gay clown, you go to prison? No, oh, I believe that. <laughs> Putin the gay clown uh, <laughs> as a forward on the hockey team. <laughs> Put that all together. Yeah. Gay clown law is what I had in my notes, and I was when I was writing that gay gay clown law into my notes, I thought to myself, that's the new name for my fake law firm, gay clown law. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by 
gay clown law, where gay clown fight for social security rights. <laughs> you have to say the office of gay clown law. <laughs> where where sombrero or a, or one of those big cowboy hats like that Bender and Bender commercial. Oh, perfect. Bender and Bender. Nobody. Nobody messes with our clients. We will fight for your social security rights. It's, it's got to be the 10-gallon hat, though. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> for with sure. a fish tank in it. The fish tank. <laughs> not in the not the fish tank in the heels, like in the 70s? No. No? And these fish Platforms. are alive. Oh, man. I'm young enough that <clears throat> I never saw the fish living in those shoes. I am old enough to have seen that in Chicago. I saw a pimp walking down the street. He's got the plexiglass soles on his big platforms, and there were goldfish sloshing around inside as he walked to check his ladies. That's awesome. Uh, me and Gene have been writing for, what, about 10 years now, Gene? Yep. About 10 years we've been writing our, our rated R cartoon called Jim Jimerson Experience, and we have a couple of pimps in it. We have the little pimp that could. He's based loosely around the, uh, the little train, that the little engine that could, <laughs> and he's like, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can slap a hoe. <laughs> and then he hangs out with his buddy who's like super tall. He's got like the pippy longstocking thing with the braids on the hair. Oh, yeah. And he's called uh, Pimp and Longstocking. Pimp and Longstocking. I like it. He's kind of the silent strong type. I like it. The little pimp that could does all the talking. I'm getting a, I'm getting an image of <clears throat> that Dr. Pepper commercial with Little Sweet. It's like a miniature prince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> yep. I don't know why, but I have always been fascinated with and loved uh, pimps. Unless they're like the like real life ones. Like I like the cartoony ones. And, you know, I've seen the ones where I grew up in Chicago Heights, you know, that would be like, you know, just some shady-looking crackhead following some poor woman around, you know. Um, but the the ones that, like, like at the player's ball oh, and yeah. stuff like that, like, I will always love that shit. Always. So, in my experiences in Chicago, my stepdad had an auto shop. <clears throat> and we had this guy, he was our customer. And his name was Dwight, but he went by D. White. And he had a uh, old uh, Buick Electra 225. They call that a deuce and a quarter. <laughs> he had the curb feelers on it, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And he came in one day and he's like, man, I need some gangster walls, but they don't make them anymore. Gangster walls is where the entire side of the tire is white. Oh, yeah. So my stepdad did some investigating and found that they had a gangster wall kit that you could heat gun onto the tires <laughs> so we got Dwight hooked up with some gangster walls and that became a cottage industry so then we had like a cavalcade of fine gentlemen <laughs> coming in to get their gangster walls put on their Eldorados and do some quarters bunch of velvet clad pimps coming in there to get the white <clears throat> walls going the best one was a Eldorado probably 1975 or 6 pink with pink carpet in the back window with a heart cut out of the center of it for viewing out of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's terrific. It was fine. I want to make, if I if I had unlimited resources, I would make another, I know they exist, but I would make another version. I'd love to write a, like, an adventure 
where all the lead characters, for the most part, are pimps. Oh, it'd be fantastic. I would fucking love to do that. It'd be They're just, like, chasing each other around in shootouts with big, like... <laughs> like Nickel-plated like, revolvers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like cartel-looking guns. Smiling with, like, two badass grills. Just like, <laughs> <"Kaka!"> <laughs> making <laughs> Making sounds with their mouth while they're actually shooting the gun. <laughs> pow motherfucker! <laughs> they, they get the guy every time. Now, is this going to be like Chappelle's show? Is it going to be inclusive? No, it's going to be totally inappropriate. So, you, no, but you won't have, will you have like a Korean pimp or, you know, a Mexican oh, pimp? Oh, yeah, no, or, I want pimps from all over the world. Do you a good redneck pimp? How See, would you do the redneck pimp? Oh, I mean, that's Like easy. a big giant truck? Fucking Skinnered shirt, Skinner cut off shirt. sleeves. <laughs> Still, though, like a velvet pimp hat and a grill. And really expensive cowboy boots. Really stupid expensive cowboy boots. Like ostrich with gold toe kicks or something. And like like the crazy like like hillbilly hand tattoo. It just says like hoe slapper. <laughs> <laughs> Tattooed on his hand. Hoe slapper. <laughs> and a gold plated Colt 45. Yeah. Oh, there's my dog. I hear the dog. This is why we're building a new building over here. I don't know if you saw that, but um, I did. I'm really glad we got you in while <laughs> we're still doing it in the basement. Yeah. Uh, because um, I want people in on the ground floor that I wanted in on the ground floor. And then once we have the new space, you know, in 10 years from now, you'll be like, man, I remember when we were still doing this in the basement. Yeah, in the basement. That's right. Looking, Looking at, at insulation. Insulation, <laughs> American Eagle flags, and all kinds of cool shit. I used to have a little <coughs> drum kit over there, and that yeah, was to keep the that was to keep the uh, stuff from falling on the drum kit. <laughs> Let me just tell you, it didn't work. It didn't work. No. So yeah, a lot of fun. We've gone from uh, helicopters to Putin to pimps. Uh, let's see what else is on the agenda. Oh yeah, I forgot. I was going to talk about, um, you know, ghosts and stuff. Like, cool. So recently, this is fucking freaking Gene out, but we had a ghost in the house. I think it's still here. Mm -hmm. and it's being a dick. It does not want people to sleep. What's it doing? Teabagging and all <clears> kinds <throat> of stuff you don't want. Teabagging from a ghost. <laughs> that I woke is up a... and there's some ghost nuts just coming down close to my face. No! You can feel the proximity. Like, I was all tingly. Yeah. Got tangled up in my beard. It's all, it's all tingly. <laughs> tingly and tangly from the next ghost. <laughs> so I was laughing uh, with Krista the other day about, uh, about Putin. When he dies, he's going to be like the scariest ghost in the Kremlin. He's going to be like playing pranks on Rasputin and shit. Rasputin, Give, man, that was a badass. Giving Karl Marx the, a KGB <clears throat> beaten is a prank. <laughs> I beat Karl Marx with KGB style beating for prank. We are two ghosts, we fight, but I win because I'm best. Rasputin pins him on the chair while I use the chain on him. <laughs> you know they would buddy up. Oh, yeah. For sure, dude. Raspi, come here. Use your ghost eyes to transmit message to brain. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to stare at this person until they... I always think of that Rasputin character. Like, it's unbelievable. He he allegedly had these eyes that just like fucking hypnotized you. Have you ever seen 
pictures of him. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's, it's scary. Yeah. I and, like and I think he was supposed to be like six, seven, six, eight. So huge, huge, huge especially at that time when people were generally smaller. Yeah. You know, the average male was probably five, eight or five, nine. Oh, by <clears> the way, folks, if you're coming here for history lessons, you are in the wrong place. This is a joke show. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Some real history might slip in there, but it's purely unintentional. It will slip in, but we will not defend these with gay, the offices of gay clown law. The offices of gay clown law. We fight for social security, right? I can't believe that enough people have made pictures of fucking Putin that looking like a gay clown, that he made a fucking law. I mean, that is comedy gold. And that's fairly specific. Oh, very specific. <laughs> Slightly. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, specifically me. If you make this picture of me, gulag. Pravda cartoonist. You like cold weather. I have a special place for you. You make cartoon all day long. Half all ghost shows would be just finding Vlad's ghost. <laughs> this week, we're going to the gulag to see if we can get in contact with Vladimir Putin's ghost. Said to be seen wandering the halls of the Kremlin with Rasputin. And a hockey stick. <laughs> I get a, a combination of judo hockey moves to fight other ghosts. I take my <laughs> shirt off and show you my power forward moves. I'm pretty sure Putin could kick my ass. I'm just saying. You know he could kick your ass. I know. He could it's kick all of our asses at the same time. Isn't that wild? Yeah. He's that's you know he's a brutal individual. I don't want <laughs> violence and things, but I would like my leader to be tough. In fact, when I get the new building, I'm getting a I'm I'm getting a, a copy of a painting of Ted Roosevelt to put in there. Now you're talking. That motherfucker was great. He was the shit. My my opinion, one of the greatest leaders of this country that ever existed. I agree. I agree. I'm thinking about our new You're talking about people. You're talking about history again, man. I like history. Okay, I do too. Speaking of history, yesterday was Groundhog Day. As the first time in modern history where they actually did not do Puxatawney Phil. What? They didn't do it because of COVID. <clears throat> so that means the world ends this year. There will be no spring. It's just going to be like this until the bomb drops. I thought, I thought he had uh, seen his shadow and we're going to have the longer winter. I don't know. I was just they were talking to some guy on the radio on the way out here. And he said they didn't have the ceremony. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. They probably had some guy go to his little cage and say, all right, dude, come out. Yeah. Uh, he didn't come out. Should have live streamed it, at least. They should have. You had one job, Phil, <laughs> one job. Well, they did, but YouTube banned it. <laughs> it's too politically. It's too political. <laughs> it's too conservative to use an animal. Yeah. You're not allowed to use an animal for your biddings. <laughs> okay, you tell that to your vegan cat, you asshole. <laughs> my vegan cat. I stole that from my boy Joe Rogan. He's not my boy. I wish he was. I don't know. Maybe not. Eh. Seems like a nice guy. I like his podcast. I appreciate all the other podcasters that have come before and have led me to this path of uh, mm. having fun. There's no denying he's an important character for us. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> I like his truth and his open-mindedness. Yeah. Um, Everybody doesn't have to be on the same playbook. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, hopefully some people realize that. 
Speaking of playbooks, did you love the Bill Murray movie for Groundhog Day? Were you a fan? I was a fan. Yeah, me too. I thought it was great. I was on TikTok the other day, and the guy that played Ned was on there. You know who Ned, the, the guy Ned? Hey, is that you? It's me, Ned. Ned. I did the belly button whistle trick in the talent show. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <coughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> He did his whole routine, and he's like, hasn't aged a day. Wow. I was like, how are you fucking still looking look exactly like the guy from the movie? He's he's living off the good vibes of that movie. Oh, for sure. He made his appearance and has coasted on it ever since. How many times did they make that man step in that puddle? I don't know. Just think of all the chili cook-offs and other things that he's judged. Oh, yeah. You know. You can always use more insurance. <laughs> He took really, I mean, the casting director for that was awesome because he really did look like somebody who would be wanting to sell me more insurance. Oh, yeah. He captured, I've got an answer for everything. He captured that whole <clears throat> kind of small town character thing really well. Or she, whoever was the CD on it, I'm not sure. Um, so I know you've been working on some music lately. Have you? Uh, yeah. I enjoyed what you sent me, by the way. I did listen to it. Oh, thanks. It was like a, <clears throat> I was actually thinking about it. Um, I'm going to be doing, I don't know if you saw my set over here for the uh, dino show. I do. With the kids. I was kind of excited by it. Yeah, it's a uh, stop motion <coughs> animation. Uh, we're going to be doing B-roll and stuff with the same software we're using here. And, and um, I'll be adding uh, music tracks for the background. But I was thinking like, maybe I license some of Andy's music for a show or two. Sure. Maybe makes money you get check wonderful yeah. deal well it's it's just um it's a different direction for me that suits the current scenario we're in <clears throat> you know that kind of started during the deep isolation and it was representing how i felt not being a singer doing instrumental music yeah and the nature of it being kind of electronic is just i have all these tools that i never really dug into the way i should Right. So that was a growth experience in production. So I'm still on that path, but <clears throat> it's it's been very enjoyable. I enjoyed listening to it while I was driving, and it like um, I'm a very imagination based human, mm-hmm. and and it really put me in some places. Like I was in a like a like kind of like a I don't want to say a chase scene, but like an investigator kind of scene in my mind in mm-hmm. one of the songs where I was like. I was driving and I was imagining a a person that was like a PI or something kind of following somebody around and it getting like intense, almost getting caught and shit like that. I don't know. I love, I like when art, that's what I like about art. That's what I like about music is when it triggers a memory, puts you somewhere else, uh, you know, helps you um, get out of your own headspace. And that's what I like about <clears throat> instrumental music yeah for sure you know if you have enough if you're enough of a listener to actually give it a shot <clears throat> you can make whatever story you want out of it yeah yeah, yeah absolutely so so it's me trying to reflect whatever my mood was for that certain composition through just music and then what you interpret is totally separate completely, completely different, different. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's what's cool about it whatever you think of his music sting he had a really good 
uh, I saw an interview with them, and they said, well, what was the concept in this video? <clears throat> and he said, I don't know. Talk to the director. And, the, and he said, you know, the interviewer said, don't you care about the direction of your videos? It's like, listen, when I write a song, it's about something particular to me, but I want the listener to be able to interpret those lyrics however they want. So whatever the record label decides the video should be, I don't care. It doesn't have anything to do with me. Yeah. Because I never want to put a specific scenario on any of the songs. I want people to own them themselves. That, yeah, that's very cool. And I always thought that was a very cool way to, you know, kind of <clears throat> talk about that. It is. <clears throat> I, I got a lot of respect for that. And I've always also wondered if his first name was B. No, Wasp. Oh. Murder Hornet. <laughs> Wasn't it fucking hilarious during COVID? There's not a lot of people who can say this, probably. Wasn't it hilarious during COVID? <laughs> um, when, like, COVID was on the decline, and then they were like, this just in, murder hornets have been released. I was I like, know, what? Murder fucking, hornets. We're going to, oh, we got a decline in this. We better keep the news up. Yeah, well, it's just sensationalism. I hear, like, uh, Dr. Evil from Austin Powers in the back of my mind, like, <laughs> you know, COVID is on the decline. Release the murder hornets. Release the murder hornets. <laughs> yeah, that's much better. <laughs> we have perfected the laser beam harness for the hornet head. Release them. <laughs> Send them only to major metropolitan areas. You know, we have something here that it's not as dangerous, but it's scarier than a murder hornet. <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever seen them. So, meth heads. Well, yeah, meth heads, of course. <laughs> hey, man. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was hiking in uh, Percy Warner Park over in Bellevue. Oh, yeah. Bellmead area. And I hear this noise this a couple of years ago. <laughs> Sounds like a flying Mack truck. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I look over and there's this hornet. It had to be over three inches long big and thick and i'm like what the hell so we finished our hike and we went to the ranger station i said i promise i'm not on drugs what's going on here and he's like oh yeah and i can't remember the name of it it's a wasp or a hornet but they they hunt they come when the cicadas come and they hunt cicadas so they're massive it's massive that's awesome if you see one it'll freak you out i i like <clears throat> i've always kind of liked bugs me too I don't like just like pick them up and handle them and like, hey, little buddy or anything, but I definitely like go out of my way to not kill them. Yeah, me too. I go out of my way to not kill them. Now, if they're in my house and it's freaking out my wife or kids, they're dead. But, you know, I usually try to trap and release. Yeah. Um, you know, but if it's like one of those really big, fast spiders, I'm like, you got to go. Dude, it's you or me. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, bro. Exactly. You got to go. Yeah. Actually, sister probably. It's probably... Yeah. You know, I had it all around my <clears throat> door, and then even on the inside of the corner of the bottom of the door, I had some pretty big spider webs. Garden spiders, basically. Not the super huge ones. Not the banana one? Yeah, but they, they're just chilling, doing their thing, and my daughter was like, aren't you going to kill them? And I was like, why? It's like, that's like my entryway built-in pest control. Oh, for sure. You know, so they just chilled, did their thing, and I'm like, hey, what's up? How you doing, spider? You know, you could see all the dead bugs on there. On their uh, webs, I'm like, hey man, that's 
that's how you work with nature. One of my favorite activities with bugs is to figure <clears throat> out their sex by, you know, getting a microscope and <laughs> looking in their butt or whatever you do. I'm <laughs> lying. <laughs> I thought you were saying you're going to, like, put a magazine out in front of them and see what the reaction was. Yeah, exactly. Ah, it does... It is gay clown law. We fight for the rights of a uh, transsexual spider. The insects... I'm a spider and I identify as a man who's also a liger <laughs> and a spider. The insect did not respond to this particular stimulus, <laughs> thus precluding the possibility of its uh, sexual orientation. Now, here was the hard part. Finding me a good porno pornography magazine. You, you follow me? Because I like the actual magazines, and I want to use that magazine, you know, but it's hard to find a sex magazine based just for spiders. It's just like somebody never made that. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Damn it. It's tough. It's fucking science, people. Again, if you're here for science, please, please don't be here for science. Unless we're talking about, like, what we know about, which is fine. Loosely science-based. What do we actually know about? Consumer actually? electronics are it's a product of sort science. Of science. Yeah, it's, it's definitely kinda. a product of science. I mean, it's, uh, <clears throat> I believe uh, the electrical and computer engineering degree I almost got was a science, a bachelor's in science, and I was engineering circuits. So you're saying it was a lot of BS. Oh, yeah. Total bullshit. I got it. I have a, I have a fucking doctorate in bullshit. That's for sure. <laughs> I got two PhDs in being a dumbass. Dr. Bullshit? Dr. Bullshit. Excuse me, ma'am. Have you tried unplugging it and plugging it back in? Did you make sure you were on HDMI 1? Hey, while you're here, I know I called you out for this thing that should be, like, elementary that I could have Googled in five seconds and found out the answer for. But while you're here, will you get my Christmas ornaments out of the attic for me? I'm really just a feeble old woman. I will do that, by the way. And that's why I only use my first name, last initial, because I don't want people to know. Of course. I will help people. Of course. I do all kinds of shit that I'm not supposed to do yeah, under well, my job description. You know, you just have to find the right balance between what feels right for you and what is being taken advantage of. Oh, I've straight up been <clears> like, <throat> oh, I'm sorry. Nah, my back kind of hurts. Yeah. <laughs> my back's fine. Yeah. I got to pick up a... I could pick up a trailer over my head and throw it like He-Man. I'm sorry, my diverticulitis is kicking in. I can't do that. Yeah. 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 You're, you're just, you know, the fact that you asked me to do it after you paid the invoice, that makes me uh, not want to help you. <laughs> so, Andy, the switch you put in, everything's green. But when my computer goes to sleep mode, it doesn't connect back up. Okay. <laughs> that's great. That's that's cool. It's like, how about you just take it out of sleep mode so that doesn't happen? My printer's broken. Yeah. Yeah. I can't print in my office wirelessly. Mm. How far away from your computer is your printer? It's a desktop, right? Yes. It's on a, it's on a, a cabinet right next to it. Why don't you just hardwire it? Hmm... I really would like it to be Wi-Fi. I want it to be the Wi-Fi. Okay, lady. I like the, the Wi-Fis and the bigger GBs. Almost all of my while you're here's lately have been printer related. Yeah. 
and I tell them, I'm going to charge you $75 an hour to work on this printer from five years ago. Why don't you go buy a $30 one from Walmart, take it out of the box, it'll, it'll work like that. Pop like it right up. Pop it like that. You're going to spend more time taking the packaging apart than you're going to spend making it work. And you get that lovely new printer smell. Yeah. <laughs> smells like rotten eggs in Grandma's house after she's been cooking a meal that you're not that you don't care for. Smell like the these scents. I don't care for this. <laughs> I worked all day for this. I don't care for it. Grandma, why did you put all this weird shit in the jello mold? We just like regular jello. But it's so pretty. There's cottage cheese and there's and chicken gizzards and r- ramen noodles. <laughs> ramen. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you've seen in a Jello mold? Weirdest thing I've seen in a Jello mold? I don't know. Just the whole concept is weird. It is. Where you got like the suspended animation of like celery and grapes and chunks of cream cheese. It's like what the hell is this? I seen a Jello mold one time. It looked like a couple of butt cheeks. It had like a little vagina slot in the middle and everything. I was like, is that supposed to look like that? Is it supposed to be? Is this supposed to look sexual? Well, is that supposed to entice you to have a big slice of the jello mold? I don't know. I wasn't interested anyway. Is that like visual advertising cues? Had fucking peas and carrots in it and shit. Peas and carrots. I was like, somebody took that. I want to pee in that butt a little too seriously. Mmm. Goes goes together with jello like peas and carrots. Was no. it? A, was it a regular butt or a front butt? It had a fupa. <laughs> That's correct, folks. Again, as we said in the disclaimer, <laughs> where my son chimed in with a wah wah. If that made you sad, <laughs> it made me happy in the pants. Of course, we did slip some real science in there. So, it's science, like peas and carrots. <laughs> Back to my format. Um, Boy, we burned through a lot of my stuff here already. It's pretty good. Let's go back to the gay clown. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's your world, Chris. I just live in it. What do you think of my monkey here? Do you like it? I like your monkey. He's inviting and and open to whatever possibilities are. Um, I picked this seat because he looks at me. Mm -hmm, I can see that. I want to make sure everybody knows. He's... He's gazing this way, buddy. And he's eating that banana very provocatively. Yeah, it's 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 more of like a um um more of like a uh, lollipop style of oh, yeah. of consumption. Yep. I would say. I shaved him off, but that motherfucker when I got him he had pigtails. He had pigtails. <laughs> <laughs> no clown makeup though. No clown makeup. Okay. That's good. I like the fact that he's got like this open space for whatever you choose to place. Oh, yeah. You, you can know. see how many smokes have been put out <laughs> right about where his crotch is. Oh, yeah. Like the paints wore away. Oh, yeah. Is that a uh, like a garage sale find or? Funny <clears> enough, <throat> it, was, um, it was in an auction at a, at a Catholic church when I was a little kid. And that hung out in, the, in my mom and dad's bar. They had a bar in their basement. Nice. 
And I remember being that little kid coming down the stairs and the whole room was like fogged up with pot smoke and everybody oh, was, yeah. was Chinese-eyed and drunk as shit. And like all these pictures that were on the wall, it was like all these pictures on the wall that were never there when I was like regularly in the house during regular like, I guess, business hours, like living hours for kids. I go down there and there's like titty posters up and all this stuff everywhere. I was like, I was like, wait, did you guys put up titty pictures like between when I went to bed and when you had your friends over? He's like, oh, I got to put this out. <laughs> were there were there any fuzzy black light titty posters? No, they weren't the no. they weren't like that. They Dang. were like like the old school. Like I remember one was like this blonde woman, and she was in like a see through thing and it was like a beer advertisement at the bottom but it clearly had been like folded up and like tacked up that night to the paneling walls that see that red chair over there and that red chair over there yeah those were from that bar mm. i still got them i believe they call that scientifically a negligee yeah i don't know yeah i think so but i don't know i'm not that classy i just like naked ladies just well, regular old naked there? ladies who could blame you there and my gay monkey i like him too more than I should. There's nothing wrong with him. You know, I've had a lot of folks uh, over the years um, <clears throat> be upset with uh, the fact that I even say the word gay like it's become offensive for me to use it as a descriptor. And I'm not even saying anything like I don't like it because I love that gay monkey. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love finding out if a, if a spider is a homosexual spider or a regular spider and figuring out their sex. You know, that is a that is a hobby. And you see people all the time with their butterfly collections. Everybody's cool with that. You know? Well, it's, o- it's okay to pin a butterfly inside a glass case, but don't call them gay. I'll call a motherfucker whatever I want. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> did you notice that? I did. That was a gift from you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I like it a lot. I thought it would look nice up there. Well, you know, at least, you know, if things get really bad, you can make your own ammo. Oh, for sure. I love the the butt, so everybody, you can't see it, but there's a uh, an old flintlock uh, muzzle loader, and uh, the back of it is metal. And you could, like, just... It's great that it shoots bullets, but I could probably fuck people up more with the butt of that gun. <laughs> Imagine how it feels when you shoot it. Oh, God. Well, it's probably subsonic, so it's not it's not as bad. big of a kick. I've actually shot it. And it's, it's so heavy. I mean, it probably takes a lot of the blow just in the it, weight of the gun. It's surprisingly smooth. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think it would just be some kind of mule kick, but it's not. <clears throat> and plus, you're not dealing with sealed ammo, so there's, you know, you don't have the same pressure. Very cool. But they're cool. I haven't shot it. But I will someday. It's a whole process, you know. You gotta have the whole full nine yards. So it's, I don't even remember the manual of arms for those. It's a lot. Yeah, I uh, I watched a couple of YouTube videos about it and stuff, but I didn't I didn't really uh, pay much attention because I was drunk and laying in bed. The black powder guys, they get all scientific now. It's all easy. Yeah, my wife came in and I'm sitting there watching. YouTube videos, because sometimes we'll just split up, you know, she'll go watch her shows about England and whatnot in the in the living room, and I'll go lay in bed and watch YouTube and watch, like, I've been watching this one guy, I wish I remembered off the top of my head, but I can't remember his name, but he gives, a, I'll, I'll put it in the links, guys, but he, 
he's like a, a firefighter for wood for the woods. Oh, cool. And he has like his gear, like reviews on his gear and what he finds works for him for like, you know, field servicing your blades and he's just kind of a character. And like clearly his grandpa taught him like everything because every five minutes he's like, my grandpa, this was my grandpa's and I just <clears> think <throat> it's cool to still use it and blah, blah, blah. And it's just fucking awesome. And so she comes out and watching shit like that and passing out watching things about muzzle loaders. <laughs> She's like, this is what you want to watch? I'm like, yeah, it's fucking great. I know. Some people just don't understand. I mean, that's that's fun. Is the he only a fire thing, jumper or is he just like on a line crew? I think he's like on a line crew. Like he goes in and he was making fun of the, uh, quote, hot shots in the <clears> last <throat> video I was watching where like these people are like, they come in and, and the guy was having trouble with his chainsaw. And of course he's like, he's got like a forge and a machine shop and like, it's like actually the man, right? Like he should be the hot shot in right. my opinion. And the guy who's like, you know, he comes in, I fought more fire. Like you could tell he's just got to stick up his ass about being the coolest firefighter of all times. And, uh, you know, he's just being a dick really. And, um, um, you know, he's like, well, I could help you. I could help you with that. I actually have the, the stuff with me because he keeps extra fuel filters and like that was that's what I liked about the show is he's got all the things you would need. He's ready. He's ready. He he's reviewing like, okay, well they came out with this handy multi tool, handy dandy little multi tool for all the <coughs> things that I use on my chainsaws and, and all this stuff. And he's like he's like, But yeah, let's test it out. So he's like going between the weight the functionality, how comfortable the tools are in his hand, what's easiest for him to carry and easily get off of his body while he's in the middle of a giant fire. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's fucking cool. That's crazy. Those so guys I, are amazing. So this this hot shot guy <clears throat> came in there and got pissed off at him because he was trying to help him fix his chainsaw. Like, no, I'm the best. I got this. You know, and it's like, okay, dude. Okay, man. He's like, all right, fuck you. The other day I was talking to one of my friends in California about all the wildfires. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And he said he'd seen some insane things with them dropping water and chemicals, et cetera. And he told me that they actually have a 747 oh, that yeah. they use for chemical drops. So I had to go look it up, and I was watching some video of it with a chase plane. Yeah. You haven't, I mean, you can't imagine. It's a 747 several hundred feet off the ground flying over these hills. Dropping red dust. Dropping red dust. That giant plane, it's just wild looking. That's some... Ballsy piloting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are crazy. The people that drop in, like you were talking about? That's with fire jumpers? Oh, yeah. hey, we're going to drop you into a spot. It's surrounded by fire, but we need you to build a break here. So we're going to parachute you into this little spot that's not on fire yet. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, I, I tried to talk to my uh, local. Those guys are amazing. I was trying to talk to my local fire department around the corner from here that I, I helped uh, wire up. Yeah. And thanks again for helping me with all that. Of course. Um, the uh, They're about a mile down the road. Um, I'm hoping to take you to dinner after this if you if you have time. Yeah. Um, I was going to take you to downtown uh, Dixon over here and cool. and buy dinner. And we'll drive right by it. I, I'd really like to show you the, you know, the fruits of uh, our labor. I mean, you helped me yeah, get the yeah. supplies for that at a at a very good price for, for what it is and what it's doing for our community. Um, those guys are straight up the people that will show up. To help my house not burn down. Awesome. So uh, anyway, a lot of credit to them, and I really appreciate them. Um, 
but anyway, I digress. I told them, I was like, you know, I'd really like to, you know, we had some fires maybe three, four years ago mm-hmm. all over Tennessee and everybody was busy with that, you know, and there was smoke even here and they weren't real close. I mean, that's how yeah. it was close enough for that, for us to see the smoke. <clears throat> and I was like, man, if there was anything I could do, I'm pretty good with the chainsaw. I'm not the best, but I mean, obviously I'm all right enough with the chainsaw that I'm sitting around watching fucking chainsaw videos, right? <laughs> You know, um, so I was like, and also I'm very good at digging. I, I enjoy digging, you know, and I know you got machines and stuff, but you may just need a guy to, you know, go behind and rake behind the machine and stuff, uh, you know, when you're doing your fire breaks. I was like, I'd be a great person for that job. And they were kind of like, well, there's all this training and certification and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'll, I'll do it, you know. So I, I'm not going to go through the, a fire and rescue locally. I'm going to try to go see if I can do something. And after I get my new business profitable anyway, yeah, I'd really like to uh, <clears throat> maybe join the U.S. Forest Service's like auxiliary, you know, volunteer fire guys, just when you need an extra body who's willing to be intelligent and be trained and, you know, and have the tools and be willing to show up, you know. It'd be awesome. That would be fucking awesome. Yeah. And if they're willing to provide the training... I mean, I've done I've done quite a few controlled burns just with my family and you know country properties and stuff and mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's not I don't want to say it's not hard it's I'm sure the situations that others are in are very difficult but I feel like I thrive and would do well in that yeah lumberjack plus fire that sounds like exactly where I want to be I don't want to go to a house fire though and breathe in all that shit. <laughs> be honest with you, right? <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Man. All the chemicals. And- I, I, it's so much, so much love to those people. I go out and do that every day because I'm like, man, I don't want to be around just burning plastic. Exactly. Because like, I know a lot of guys that take their own wire and, and, and instead of skinning it, they'll just wrap it around a rake and stick it in a 55 gallon drum and I know and just melt all the plastic off and they sit there all night to make. 50 bucks more than just dumping the wire with all the plastic on it. I'm like, yeah, it's not worth 50 bucks to me. No. <laughs> I guess if, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's a little crazy to me. It's very crazy to me. Well, hey, Andy, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to take a short break because I got to pee because I chugged water. At least I'm not drunk today. Last week, I was so drunk. I was hung How over. drunk were you? I was hung over at 10 o'clock at night. That's how drunk I was. <clears throat> day drinking. A day drinking man. Day drinking, not thinking, post-production not happening. <laughs> Put a little ding in your motivation. No, I'm still motivated. I just couldn't fucking move. <laughs> I was just <laughs> laying around going, oh, why did you do that? It's just so fun to just get drunk and talk shit. <clears throat> I just want to talk some shit. <laughs> That's right. So we'll, we'll take a short break right after this. When was the last time you went to the park? Taint County Parks and Recreation wants to introduce you back to nature. <laughs> we also host family reunions. Just ask the Washingtons who were here just last week. Yeah. You can basically do whatever you want in our parks as long as you get a permit. Yeah. Pay no mind to the pickup trucks backed into their spots. Those guys are just here to meet guys on the download. This message is brought to you by the city of Summer's Eve, the county seat of Tank County. You guys want to talk shop on here? I oh, know, dude, you got to go ahead. You go ahead. 
We're good. We're going. Switch? Huh? Okay. We're back. I hope you enjoyed the uh, music we haven't added yet in post-production. It's probably going to be circus music this time, bud. It should be. Last time it was elevator music. Circus music would be so much more appropriate in so many ways. <laughs> it's fun. It's going to be for a gay clown circus. That's special. So you were talking about Fiverr. Yeah. Just a minute ago, and uh, by no means do they pay us for advertising dollars. And, um, um, you know, we're hoping to have sponsors someday. But nonetheless, um, Fiverr is a place where you can get people to... Two R's, by the oh, way. Oh, two R's. Okay. Yeah. I, I take notes during these things and yeah, whatnot. But um, Fiverr is a place where you can go have people write add to your music, write music for you based on what you're looking for. What? Tell me more. Well, it's really, <clears throat> it's just an uh, extension of the gig economy. And it's not just music, it's creatives. It could be a graphic artist, it could be a cartoonist, it could be somebody to do marketing. You know, Eugene said he had some pretty bad experiences with some promo. So it's like anything else, you know, your experience will vary. <clears throat> but, you know, like we were talking about with my music stuff, Isolation, you're basically working by yourself, which is what lends itself to me doing the electronic music because all my tools are in the computer, but I still want to collaborate with people. Sure. And, you know, I'd, I wanted some guitar work, and I found somebody, a young man in Macedonia, of all places, just a really great guitar player, and uh, he did some guitar work for me. It was a really good experience, so it's kind of opened my eyes to you know, a new way to have some creative tools at my disposal. That's very cool. So it's yeah. kind of exciting. I was looking at a thing called Upwork. Yeah. It's another version S of that. Similar idea. Yeah. And before that, it was called something else, and I was using it, but they got bought out, and they changed the name to Upwork. Um, but I'm looking for artists and different, different people for different projects that I'm doing. Like, for example, uh, you know, folks, we're recording six podcasts before we release them. Yeah. Uh, so that I can consistently, as we're, you know, having guests, you know, cancel or whatever, I just want to have a backlog so that we can consistently release them, you know, every week or two weeks or whatever me and Gene decide here. Um, but before we upload them, um, we need artwork. <laughs> yeah. So um, I know exactly what I want it to look like. Uh, we haven't talked about it much, but... Um, in a, you know, it's funny because the, the podcast is called Why You're Here, but we usually go off on a tangent about all kinds of other things in the While You're Here portion. I try to rope it back in, but usually we just go all over the place and visit all the crazy places in my mind. I, I, I actually worked harder to write a better format for While You're Here. Yeah. And what I mean by While You're <clears throat> Here, I mean not the show. It's for the show, but I mean, well... Andy L is in the building. I wanted a better format than I usually do because we're learning. We're learning as we go. It's and, cool, um, and it's a lot of fun. But you know, I can't do everything, and I'm I'm all for the gig economy and supporting small business, and uh, you know, just getting things figured out. Um, one of our next um, guests on the show is is a uh, a client turned friend. Who didn't abuse the, um, the the client 
you know, um, privileges and things and, yeah. and, uh, treated me like a human being actually made me feel like a friend, you That's know, good. it didn't make me just feel like I was just there to do a job and I'd get out, you know? And, uh, I, that's the norm, unfortunately. Um, and it's been getting worse with people moving from other places to Nashville. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm guilty of moving here from other places, but I came here and adopted the friendly Southern, you know, feel, you know, I'm me too. I, I want to be a part of something more positive. I, I don't want to bring my nasty South Chicago negativity down here and, and turn into a piece of, sh- you know, turn into a piece of shit and affect people's day in a negative way. I want to, I want to, I want to make people feel good and, and be around people, um, that have the same mentality. So anyway, so one of our next guests, um, has also adopted, you know, good vibes and wanted to, you know, I don't know what he was like before. I, you know, but anyway, um, he's invested in a, um, a, a cookie shop. Cool. And it's a small business, you know. I don't know if it's considered gig economy. It's a business, right? But it's, you know, it's just cool because I'm going to go do some some cameras for them, you know, help them get situated with what they want. And um, now I have a place that I can go and support a small business guy and, you know, for gift ideas and things, you know, I can just go buy a box of cookies and send it to somebody. Like the guys, the guys like a wizard at making cookies. That's, that's great. That's how we win. That's how we win. That's how we win. You find those people that you appreciate what they're doing and you support them. hundred percent. Even if it's a little less convenient. Yeah. I mean, you know, this, this like, um, Listen, I'm guilty of it too. We we got new mics today, folks. We were using some AKG um, mics before, and I just got some Shures, and uh, and we we're swapping them out. And I ordered them yesterday, <laughs> and I paid extra to have them, you know, arrive before eight a.m. I'm guilty of this shit too, is what I'm saying. Well, we all are, and sometimes there are situations like that that require that. Yeah. And that's okay. But you don't make it a way of life. Yeah. But I straight up, when one of them didn't show up, I went into the app and I'm like, oh no, what happened? You know, I just want to make sure it wasn't stolen off the porch first and foremost. But but then also like, man, am I going to have it in time? And man, you can ask Gene. I ran outside like six times in the first hour he was here, like looking around, man, did they deliver it and hide it somewhere or something like that? And, uh, you know, we were like, I don't know, 20 minutes from when you got here and, uh, my lovely wife, Krista, popped in the door and had it and was just smiling. She knew I was going to be so excited. It was like fucking Christmas, dude. Yeah. Amazon mentality. Yep. Well, I can decide on some and order it tonight and I'll have it tomorrow morning. Oh, no. One of them's not here, but I still got it in less than 24 hours. Unbelievable. Well, yeah. So convenience isn't everything. You know, I'm, I'm happy to support Amazon with a microphone purchase yeah. when I want it fast. But I went on eBay and bought a bunch of other stuff that I need to try to help these small shops, you know. Exactly. I know I could buy it on Amazon, but I'm trying to buy it from eBay too. And I know that it may take a day or so. I have no idea. I haven't bought cookies yet, but I will. That deal happened today. Nice. Um, But I'm like, I don't care if it takes a week. 
I'll order those cookies. I'll know ahead of time, and I'm going to send them to people. You know, yeah. I just want them to have it. I was sending people uh, Lou Malnati's from Chicago, you know, like uh, builders and stuff. I'd send them a, a shipment of pizzas. and I've done that. You know, just say, hey, thanks for your thanks for your business. You, you let me wire $40,000 worth of houses. Thank you. Absolutely. You know, um, so here's a $125 worth of pizza. You know, it's a gesture. I'm trying to support a business that I know of up up there. Exactly. But I don't know. It, it seemed like they. It seems like they bought, um, like somebody bought them or something. Like somebody bought Lou Malnati's because it's all, like them, Portillos, and a couple other things are under, um, under one. Um, one company called Taste of Chicago. Taste of Chicago. Um, I don't know if they own those businesses or if they're just a service that they're all prescribing to, subscribing to. Um, you're like a bird or something. It's probably in my head. I've heard you say that before. Yeah. I'm seeing Tweety Bird and shit. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> it's the cider. It is. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Sorry. Taste of Chicago. But those companies are also franchising and branching out, too. So it could have been some sort of deal. Yeah. Which is sad because, I mean, Uno's did that, and it was terrible. I don't know if you ever ate it. I did. Yeah, I remember Uno's. It's terrible. You know, the original one's great, but the, the franchise locations are awful. You know, it's funny, um, one of my favorite places to go in South Chicago is uh, Aurelio's Pizza. Yeah. And uh, the original one in Homewood is by far the best. But then there's another one in Frankfurt uh, that's very good. But then the one that's in Mokina right next to Frankfurt is just okay. Yeah. It's just okay. Yep. But the one, like, like they got a couple stores that are way bigger. And, of course, the original one. You got the old ovens and stuff and... You know, they laugh at me, but I'm always like, can I get this and this and this in the old oven? You can request the old oven. But it's been seasoned. It's it's science. Science. Science! Yeah. If you don't like science, fuck you. <laughs> That's my stance. America. Fuck you. <laughs> my, uh, I don't know what made me, <laughs> the way you said that made me think of my, uh, my brother-in-law, Krista's, Krista's brother, um, Jordan, he's a teacher out in Jackson. Mm-hmm. And he bought a, uh, I mean, it's comically beat up, this old golf cart. Nice. And he calls it Old Smoky. Because, <laughs> like, when you take off for the first time, there's just a cloud of smoke behind it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It barely goes. You know what I mean? It's like... It's barely, barely hanging on. I wish I was a mechanic so I could, like, fix it, but I don't want to because now it's like a character in my mind, like, wrote a song about it, Old Smokey. Old Smokey. Old Smokey. (laughs) Driving down the road, Old Smokey. Hey, we could get the guy from the gay clown commercial with his big hat (laughs) in Old Smokey. Driving up. I don't always drive golf cart, but when I do, it's old smoky. 
from Jackson, Tennessee. And then yesterday when I was going to pick up some of these, I bought a big bottle of bourbon. wasn't sure if you wanted to get drunk or what. But uh, I was thinking to myself when I was walking down the aisles and I saw old smoky um, moonshine. moonshine. Yep. And I immediately thought, hey, it's old smoky. But I was driving all the kids around on Old Smoky when we were over there for the ho- recent holidays. And uh, I was just driving around singing my Old Smoky song to the kids, and they were cracking up. They were all taking turns, and I was like, oh, a new set of kids for me to sing Old Smoky to. Yes. <laughs> Too much fun. An audience. Speaking of local businesses. Disc Insider, Bob's Your Uncle, my favorite flavor. Yes. Nashville, Tennessee. Let me tell you something. Um, I've done this in the other podcast, but I am happy to send them all the love I can. Um, I called up there and I said, hey, are you guys still, you know, open and doing tours and stuff? They're like, well, we're not really doing tours right now because of COVID, but um, you can, you know, our restaurant's open and you can come in and, and eat and still, you know, buy buy some because i want to buy like a whole flat of it for when i go on vacation i'm gonna stay drunk <laughs> and uh the um guy on the phone was super nice and i said man you know i've drinking like probably a thousand dollars worth of this stuff since covid i love it it's so good it is the, the dry the dry cider yeah i don't really like the super sweet ones me neither the real fancy ones i just like it to be a simple thing and i actually did some research um Turns out that pre-prohibition, everything was actually like cider. Everybody was cider. Since the country's founding, everybody drank a ton of cider. I believe that. It was as popular as beer is now. And during prohibition, they literally uprooted the trees. And the whole thing about an apple a day keeps the doctor away Yeah, was actually about trying to get people to eat apples instead of just drink them. Yeah, that's great. that's where that came from. That's funny. I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I love those finding the source of those things. You know? Oh yeah, it's always weird. I'm gonna make a bunch of TikTok videos about it and then send you to my podcast. Ching chang. So I called up there and I said, "Hey, you know, uh, I'd love to come in and buy a flat and see the place if I can. You know, as much as you'll let me see. And you know, I'm a huge fan. And you know." I was just being honest with him. I'm like, I'm a good customer, for real. I yeah. mean, this podcast alone, we're drinking probably $200 worth of this shit. And um, I'm like talking to the guy, and he's really nice. He says, man, you know, that really means a lot. That really means a lot to me personally. I'm one of the owners. My name's Todd. And it, like, took the conversation from, like, 60% happiness level to like 110%. I know that's not real, but I was so, I was, I was just like, I'm just so glad that I get to give a compliment to the person that needs to, that, you know, has put the time and the effort in and needs to hear it. Gets to hear it, yeah. This guy fucking owns the company. He's a partial owner and he's still answering the phone. Yep. That's the kind of company I want to buy from. <clears throat> and it's a good product. Everybody's like angry orchard. You know what? I've tried it like three or four times now. It tastes bad. It tastes skunky. It's been sitting in the bottle too long. I don't yeah. know what the deal is, but nothing is good, as good as like a fresh, a fresh English cider like this here. Well, what I like about this is it's it's like a really good champagne. Yeah. Super crisp, super dry. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, so it's refreshing to drink. You don't feel like you're drinking a soda. No sugar added, gluten-free, nothing artificial, locally crafted. And it even says you're welcome because they know me. Thank you. It says you're welcome, Chris. It does. They made these. I, I wrote it in with a marker, yeah. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Notice how it looks like a kindergartner wrote on there? That's it does me. now. I thought maybe that was just like some personalization they did in the script, but now I can see it's just a poor attempt to write with a uh, erasable marker on a sweaty can. Yes. So, good job. Yeah. I'm sorry about your hand being a little bit I'm used to it. covered in ink now. I have a 12-year-old. I'm used to it. Yep. You also have a 38-year-old. Yeah. That's me. I'm like a man-child. I just haven't claimed you yet. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> what are you going to do? You know, I moved to Nashville, Andy, and I met you. Um, I was working at a temp agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just told them straight up. like I, It was, you know, frankly, folks, it was just <clears throat> after 2010. I was moving down to Nashville, and I couldn't find any work doing what I do. And I had a, had a company in Chicago before that doing what I do. And um, I really wanted to just work for somebody else for a little while and not think about stuff and just be a a decent TV hanger, you know, and just go out and pull wire for people. But it was too close to that economy crash, man. Nobody was hiring. They didn't want nobody. Yep. And uh, then it became their fucking competition. No, I'm just kidding. The um, So what happened was I went to a temp agency and I said, you know, Hey, I'll shovel horse shit. Here's my resume, but I'll shovel horse poo. I don't care. I just want to. I just want to work. I right. don't care. And they were like, "We have an opening in AVAD." I was like, "Avid?" They're like, "Yeah." And I said, "Uh, well, it's funny because I have a fucking account with them. They're my distributor." <laughs> so I ended up in the. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. I ended up in the uh, warehouse at my own distributor. Um, and I didn't have any negative feelings about it. I was very happy to be there and it was not good money because it was through a temp agency. They take all the money, yep. yeah, at least a third of it. Oh yeah. It's, it's uh, a lot. Yeah. I don't even know. It's a lot. Probably half. But the, uh, the funny thing is <clears throat> I learned without thinking about it. First of all, actually, first of all, the most important thing is my first friends in Nashville the people sitting in this room. Yeah. You, Andy, mm-hmm. Gene, some other characters. We had lots of characters. I learned who the top dealers in town were. Yep. What they bought every single time. I learned the market. And one of my favorite things, I learned so many part numbers. I learned so many different things I didn't know. And I was running a business like this up in Chicago, but I didn't know about parts X, Y, and Z, you know? And not only did I not know them, but now I know their part numbers. Right. And I take pride in calling my distributor and, you know, knowing what the part number is, not just saying, oh, I need a single gang ring. I can say, you know, I want an Arlington LV1. LV1, So, I don't know. It was just uh, an incredible experience for me. And uh, most importantly, I obviously, you know, made some lifelong friends and uh, and more than 
more than anything, I'm, I'm super grateful for that time that I had there. It was only, I think it was only like four months or something. Three yeah, you months. weren't there very long. I wasn't there it was long. A temp gig, you know. But it seems, it seems <clears throat> so great. And, um, you know, I got, through my own doing, roped into some uh, not great jobs afterwards with some questionable characters um, that I won't name. But you know who you are if you listen to this. But I appreciate the time and effort that you put in towards me getting employed. That was nice. However, I had a way better time making nothing at Avid. <laughs> yeah. We had a good, we had a good, you know, Eugene and I were talking about that. We had a good family vibe. Yep. And, um, I heard through the grapevine that Rich is moving back to town. He was our manager back back then. Yeah. I know he's been wanting to come back ever since he left, so that does not surprise me. Yeah, well, I'm glad for him. I hope <clears throat> he gets back quick. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. That'd be very good. He's a very good dude. He is a really good dude. He's the one who hired me at Avid. Yeah. And uh, Avid is no longer with us, folks. Uh, you probably don't know what that means or care, but uh, they are completely gone thanks to shitty investor business types that are just uh, vultures in my opinion they make all their money on taking the things that people like me care about and destroying them for their profit and it affects not only not only me and my business but the people I care about that work at those businesses and I was one of the employees of that place for a short time and and uh Enjoyed some of the characters I made friends with in the Chicago branch while I was up there. And, uh, you know, not only am I sad about what happened in Tennessee, but I know the type of people that work in all the branches that were closed. And it's just like, fuck you. Those people, they all had families, they, you know, good people, enjoyable. I, I've been to a lot of, a lot of different distributors, and, and it seemed like the avid family was better than most you know i didn't have that with you know cdw i didn't have that with you know some of the other branches um i don't want to beat up on anybody but no i think the big difference there was <clears throat> as a distributor so for those who don't know avid was a distributor that um specialized in the integration market but their their genesis as a company was actual integrators who formed a buying group and then created this entity. So the where, where it came from is a completely different place that's more, um, what's the right word? It's just more organic to integration because that was its roots, right? Right. So I think that's where the success there was. Um, you know, unfortunately, large entities you know, see the value in that and, and purchase and, and, um, things happen. I mean, that's, that's a recurring story in the United States. That's the, oh yeah, they, you know, that's one of the things with capitalism that we haven't really figured out yet. <clears throat> well, we're so young still. I mean, it's right. people, people talk about, you know, America. Oh, that's an old building, you know, and you look at Europe and you're like, that's not an old building. No, I just was in a, in a pub that, you know, started in 1500. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, no, everything here is young. Yeah. And uh, including our, uh, 
our our values and figuring out where we're at and things and you know and that brings us to you know kind of where we're at today with people and acceptance of you know people that are you know different in in many formats and and listen I I know I'm not I'm not down in or up in any side I'm I'm I am less um, tribal in that sense. I'm more of a if I'm if I'm anybody's tribe, I'm in Mother Earth's tribe. That may make me a liberal. I don't know, but I'm a liberal who likes guns and will kick somebody in the face and then use a racial slur at them because it doesn't matter. None of it matters. It doesn't matter. Everybody needs to just calm down, you know. Um, but the fact is, there's a lot of people out here that are different and accepting people that are different from you right now especially is so important it's okay to not be exactly me you know uh, i'm not gonna hate on anybody for not being exactly what i am in fact i would question somebody who's exactly what is me more because i'm like wait are you just a chameleon like what are you what is this there's no way you're just like me because i'm fucking i think i'm weird but maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm normal to some people. Gene's laughing. <laughs> but I don't, you know, it shouldn't matter which camp you're in, red or blue. It shouldn't matter, you know, if you're a, a capitalist or a communist. If if you can live peacefully in this country and not hurt anybody else or mess up anybody else's stuff because you're trying to force your idealism on them, you know, and, and, and hurt others, we should be okay. But don't, come around and try to hurt other people and force others to live like you that's not that's not okay that's not okay to me i agree um, and uh i don't care which camp anybody's in if you can follow those basic rules you're good with me yeah well i think what we're seeing and a lot of it just has to do with <clears throat> we're in a new media dynamic that we've never seen before so we don't know how to deal with all this social media and yeah, we have no clue. It's it's brand new. We're the first. Um, we're the we're the first production run. Yeah. Of people coping with Amazon mentality, the cell phone mentality, which is, if I call your phone and you don't answer right now, you just lost this job. I'm not even going to give you 48 hours to call me back. It doesn't matter. Fuck you. I can't believe you didn't take my call immediately. Give me a price and a date of your availability within seconds of me thinking of your existence. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm done. Um, you know, and that's that's something we're all going to have to navigate as a, as a country and a culture, um, <clears throat> accepting the fact that everybody isn't like you. Everybody isn't Amazon. You know, in the beginning of this podcast, I say, and I mean, I fucking mean it. Everything is not for everybody, and everybody's not for everything. I mean it. I agree. And if you don't like, if things are so offensive to you, like, you shouldn't be watching anything. Just put the Brady Bunch on and go fucking pound yourself. You know, I don't want to fucking... I find the Brady Bunch offensive because it supports traditional gender roles that put people into a box really because they were divorced <laughs> i'm making Two a divorced families getting together andy i'm making a point that was racy back then i'm making a point that was racy back then and the oldest daughter i can't remember her name was so hot marcia especially when she got her nose broke with that football for some reason i was just like oh 
Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> no, going back to your other point, though. Sorry. I think, personally, by and large, most people in this country are fairly open-minded at the heart of it. Gene, we got your squeaky. Oh, excuse me. Your heels are we squeaky. We got your squeaky man. shoes. <laughs> He's like, we got to sample out this shoe squeak, man. <laughs> I love it. Sorry. No, you're fine. I had a nasty burp. He was squeaking his shoes. I figured why not. It's great. I love it. No, I was just going to say, I think most people um, are accepting of people that are different from them. I think so too. I just think that the loudest voices capitalize on those differences and and kind of pit us against each other for their own gain. Oh, for sure. And if we can stop paying attention to that noise, we'll be a lot better off. Amen. Yeah, real simple. Yeah, for sure. I don't care what you look like, what you call yourself. It's the way you treat me as a person and vice versa. That's That sounds like very idealistic and, you know, oh, la-di-da-di. But, I mean, really, it's that simple. I've had very limited experiences with people – uh, me, you know, with me coming across people who are um, extremely aggressive like they portray in the media. Um, most people that I run into everywhere I go are uh, genuinely pretty good people. I agree. Um, and when I go back home, you know, although some of it is a little bit depressing to see the state that people are in where I, where I go back home, which is South Chicago, it's not the the brightest, best place in the world, but it did raise me and I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for all the friends. I'm grateful for the food. I'm grateful for the, even the negative experiences that I had there because they shaped me as a human being. And you, you, I think people need, um, to go through stuff in order to grow and to be good people. In fact, I'm one of my favorite podcasts I listen to Joe Rogan. He always talks about, you know, all these other comedians and all the different people and how they, you know, they all come from fucked up places. They all oh, yeah. went through some shit, you know, and that the best, the people that he connects with and that are the, the, the best people to, to associate with in his eyes are all people that have gone through some shit. And I see that and I agree with that. And when I see the, the people in my, um, um, whoa, trippy. Um, when I see people in my, um, um, my old camp, I'll say my old neighborhood. Yeah. And I'm looking at him and thinking, like, I'm so fucking glad I moved, you know. Um, you know, I I wish they knew what else was out there, I guess is what I'm saying. I wish they would leave for at least six months and just be around different kinds of people. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. You know, I think it's great. But I'm really glad I left. Right. And... Uh, I just think there needs to be more of that, you know, uh, people getting out of their bubbles because for me, it's really increased my quality of life. And as somebody who came from Chicago as well, um, and has moved to a different place, like I'd imagine you see a little bit of the same. Yeah. And I think ultimately, you know, not to go too metaphysical, but that process of overcoming adversity and learning is, I mean, that's, that's how you grow. And if you stay in your safe little bubble all the time, you could have a good life, but it, you know, you just, it's kind of stagnant. 
But a lot of times that bubble ain't safe. It's not safe. And that's kind of what worries me about this idea now that everything has to be a safe space. And, you know, I don't want to hear something that's going to, you know, make me feel bad. It's like, well, then don't listen, you know? No one's making you listen to that. Yeah. That's always been my philosophy about all that. Yeah. It's like, if you don't like it, you know, whatever your point of view, whatever, wherever you are on the spectrum, this isn't generated towards any particular group or person or anything, whatever it is. We don't, we don't care. Don't care. Literally don't care. That's not cool. But if you, you know, if you want a free society, there are things that are going to be offensive. And if they're offensive to you, guess what? You don't have to listen. And also maybe you should learn to grow because it's not that big of a deal. It really isn't. It really isn't. It's just grunting sounds of my throat. And just because we don't agree doesn't mean we can't be friends. doesn't mean that we can't agree to disagree and have a great time together. I, I mean, I've had great times with people who do not believe the same things I do. I've had great times with people who don't like guns. I love guns. I don't ever want to shoot anybody. I don't even want to yell at my dog. You know what I mean? I definitely don't want to punt my rooster when he comes chasing after me. That's right. Kick it square in the cock. Bagok. Bagok. Did you see that bird out there? I did. I was did checking out. you see the size of that cock? It was a big cock. He's out there, and he's a fucking asshole. That's right. My cock is a fucking asshole. If you remove is a in that sentence, you will be offended if you don't like anal. And that's what I'm saying, man. It's so easy to offend people. They just need to calm down. There's nothing going on here. Nothing have to a slice see here. Of, have a slice of pizza. Go breathe some fresh air. Look, go go sit in nature for a little while. Go sit down and have a you know a glass of red wine and look at some trees and listen to the birds and and put your fucking rage against the machine down. You know what I mean? I don't mean the band. I mean your. And we're fighting for the freedom and the rights. And it's like some nerdy white guy that lives in his grandma's basement talking about fucking rights for black dudes. Doesn't know shit. Doesn't even know any black dudes. Yeah. You know? And they're just dudes anyway. They're not black. They're just dudes. You know? And fuck yeah, their lives matter. Everybody's lives matter. And oh. that's, that's fucking crazy now. <clears throat> You're not allowed to say that. Everybody is important. I love everybody. I put people... You know, if you look at my, let's, let's take it back a notch. If you look at my photography, and I, I'm not a great photographer, but if you look at the photos that I take, it's almost all nature. I don't even want people in that shit. I'm the same way. And when I look at people, I see a human being first. Yep. And then I look at how you act, and then I decide if you're a good human or a bad human. And then if I'm describing something, maybe I'll use this thing, or maybe for a joke I'll use stereotypes about things, because it is funny. White people are hilarious. Yes, they are. They're nerdy and a bunch of fucking ninnies, man, and it's hilarious. In fact, me and Gene are writing a comedy about how nerdy corporate white people, white-collar white people, are hilarious. They are. And they don't mean to be. Like, I'm doing everything I can to make jokes. I'm a blue-collar fucking white person. And I don't give a shit. My family's new to this country. We don't fucking care. Everybody needs to calm down and be nice. (laughs) Exactly. That's it. But when, you know, when we're out there integrating, when we're out there working in the rest of the world and trying to be a decent human being representing a company so that we can pay our bills and enjoy our lives, the last thing we're thinking, or at least the last thing I'm thinking is, this is a demographic of person. 
this person right here is this and this and this. No, that doesn't enter the equation. No. I'm here to work for you. I don't care what you do. I happen to stumble upon the fact that you're a rock star or a former, you know, superstar of some kind. You know, I don't care. Yep. Uh, one of the greatest things for me being in the custom integration world that's, that's happened for me is that I don't know anybody's names. I don't care. And I treat everybody exactly the same. Yep. Which is like what our, you know, new country should be figuring out right now is like it doesn't matter. You know? And uh, and I do it on a regular day in business every day. Yep. Who are you? What's your name? Okay. I'll be there in two weeks. Oh, two weeks? Well, I was kind of expecting you to be here in, you know, three hours. Well, I'm busy. <laughs> and so is everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, If you can get somebody over there to hang your TV in the next uh, three hours, um... There you go. And this is coming from the same douchebag that went out in his front yard and looked five or six times in one hour for the microphone we're talking through right now. Yeah, well, you know, obsessive compulsiveness can be good when you're running a detail-oriented business. That's true. That's true. And if nothing else, integration is detail-oriented, obsessive, compulsive disease. Yeah, shit. I can't keep an employee because I'm I'm so particular. I just want things to be a certain way. Mm. But that's why people like to hire me because I can't I can't let it be mediocre. Mm-hmm. It has to be in my eyes what I see is perfect. Well, that's a statement. That's your that's your statement to the world. I mean, that's what you're putting out there. Everything you do, you know, the samurai were like that, and that's where I heard that for the first mm-hmm. time. They said, "Man, you if you slack on your calligraphy or the way you throw away a piece of trash." If you do do anything half-assed, it's going to show up in your swordsmanship. They're the most... I've I've studied a lot the the era leading up to the modernization of Japan. I'm no expert, but I've, I've read a lot. And just the amount of consideration for every single little thing you do every day. The detail. The detail. Everything is... It's amazing. You know, and it it's, says a lot about where their society is today. Now, they've been corrupted a little bit by oh, us. Oh, for sure. You know, they're starting to have some of the problems we do, but... Well, they were isolationists for a long time. And then they let... A long time. Then they let uh, other cultures in because they're afraid that they're being left behind. Well, and they were. yes and no. I mean, Commodore Perry sailed into the bay with eight black ships and said, you are going to let us trade and open a delegation or we're just going to blast the shit out of you. Oh, really? Is that yeah. what happened? Yeah, they had, they had, it's crazy, they had several hundred years of complete isolation. The only people who were allowed for a long time to do business with them were the Portuguese. Hmm. Because the Portuguese had relationships with India and China and Japan depended so much on silk that that was the only way they could get silk into Japan by hmm. the Portuguese relationship with China. So the church was there and they had trade delegations and for a long, long time that was the only conduit for outside trade. That's cool. And then you had the Meiji era where it was kind of like the final put down of the samurai um, because you had forces in the country that wanted to modernize and let all these other countries in and they wanted a modern navy and army and all those things. 
It's a really interesting period of time. And very sad to me. It is sad. I, for some reason, am like in love with that era of humanity. Me too. Even though it was brutal. They had a code. They only used their highly refined skills when necessary. And that's the way it should be. You know, I'm they're, guilty of going and getting into stupid bar fights and well, they were, it's a waste of life. Well, they, waste they, of time. there were also some things that were really bad about that. You know, for a long time, part of the samurai code basically said they could kill whoever they wanted. So if there was a peasant going down the road and you're on your horse and they get in your way and they didn't sufficiently bow to you in deference, you could just basically behead them right there. And that was your right to do so. Well, we could use that to deal with Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> I need to borrow some samurai from that era in the Manche or something like that. And uh, we need to have him come over here and handle that Antifa. There's a, the movie The Last Samurai. Oh, that's where all my knowledge comes from, by the way. So, I mean, it's based on a real person. Yeah. Um, oh, but no. But it's not exactly the way it really went. I was going to feed my pants, dude. I'm sorry. It's sorry. Good. It's all good. Good. And we're back. Sorry, I had to pee my pants. <laughs> Are you relieved now? More than I should be. More than you should I be. knocked a... So we're, we're doing construction um, over here. We're, I'm getting a quote right now for a steel building. Nice. And, um, you know, I got some fill going in and... Uh, I enjoy pissing on a rock until it falls down the hill. And I succeeded in that endeavor. You know, that could be almost like a Japanese meditation. It was. You know, I felt like a samurai when I pulled out my uh, extremely short sword and... <laughs> oh, your wakazashi? Yeah. My Chattanooga. <laughs> Chattanooga. <laughs> Isn't that a folder? It's a folding knife. Uh, you know, I like to tuck it back. <laughs> I do my best to tuck it back. That's why they call you Buffalo Bill. That's right. Hey, Cheney, check it out. <laughs> Doing the Buffalo Bill. Oh, that's funny. I spent so much time learning learning presidential um, impersonations that I'm, like, sad when they leave. <laughs> I really am. Then you got to start over. Uh, yeah. I just finished getting Trump underway, and he didn't win, and now I'm, like, stuck with this accent I can't use. Well, the new one's easy. You just need one phrase. Come on, man. Come on. I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. That's all you need. Because that's probably all you're going to hear out of him. It's so funny. It's not. Yeah, he'll be dead soon. Kamal will be our president. Yep. Weird. And then... Trump's going to come back for just a couple more days and fill in 
while Kamala goes on vacation. The best vacation in Mar-a-Lago, a place that I own. I just, I love, I loved making any president say whatever I can think of. It doesn't matter. Like, again, red or blue, I don't care. I'm just, I'm having fun. Yep. You know, I enjoyed having, you know, um, you know, what's his face? Bush do the, uh, the tuck back. <laughs> hey, Cheney, check it out. Check it out. I'm going to do this little thing here. I'm going to tuck my pee-pee back and dance around. That's one thing I, I think is kind of unfortunate is <clears throat> there are so many characters in our government that are lampoon worthy. Oh, for sure. From both parties. Yeah. But they just concentrated on Trump, all the late night shows and stuff. It's like, man, there's so much material there you didn't use. I know. Nancy, I mean, just think of all the material that you could have done with Nancy Pelosi. Oh, yeah. Or, or Chuck Schumer. I want to know what Trump's actual name for Nancy Pelosi is. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be terrible. Oh, it's going to be awful. Oh, yeah. You know. Chuck Schumer. He's a creep, dude. He, he looks like the guy who reads kids' stories, and he's just making it up off the top of his head, and he's looking at a porno or something behind the book. <laughs> That's what I think of when I look at that dude. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's he's creep. Scary. He looks like a creep to me, man. I get bad vibes from that guy. I get bad vibes from most politicians. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and say it. Please, God, let there be campaign finance reform and term limits so that we can fix this country. None of these people should be doing a full-time job as these folks. And I think that they should be allowed to mentor people, you know, to you know have a senior advisor on how to do these jobs so that a freshman senator or something isn't just lost in the woods. I do think that there should be some mentoring and things. But, mm, they do. But I don't think that the, the, whoever is the ranking member comes and talks to you and says, these are the rules. Here's how you're going to play, or you'll be one and done. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. It's, it's disheartening. I heard somebody say, the, a comedian say the other day that the politicians should have, like, a jacket on like NASCAR and put all the stickers of the people that paid yeah. for them all over I think over Robin it. Williams was the original guy to do that. Was he? Yeah, they should have a blazer that's like a NASCAR suit. Yeah. <laughs> Big oil. Yeah. Big Pharma. Big Pharma. Tobacco. Tobacco. <laughs> yeah. Marlboro across yeah. the, the shoulders, yeah. you know. Big Marlboro man. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be awesome. But yeah, back to the samurai. I I just uh I've always been a, a big fan and um and like listen, by no means am I saying I'm a samurai of doing low voltage by any means, but I've always taken a lot of pride in how I run my wire and how meticulous I am about the, the straight lines that I make and, you know, trying to terminate things with the appropriate amount of, you know, length in the box and, you know, testing everything, just doing everything I can to make sure it's right because I'm putting my fucking name on it and I want to be the best that I can be. Well, and I, I think that philosophy <clears throat> just lends itself to success. So you don't have to be a samurai, but the fact that you've gone out and studied some of that and you have that thought process in your head when you're working, you know, realizing that, you know, so you kind of look at our industry, that infrastructure, I mean, that's what everything is built off of. 
So it should be as good as it possibly can be. And just like trying to make clients understand, as you know, it's a challenge, especially since some of our builders aren't on board. Um, it doesn't need to look good. There's going to be drywall over it. doesn't need to look good. And we don't need network everywhere, you yeah. know. Oh, uh, yes, you do. The Wi-Fi's will do everything. Yeah. And well, it's, there's it's, no bottleneck there. Right. We're only going to be streaming 8K in a couple of years. Right. But, yeah, do it through the Wi-Fi, you fucking moron. We walked a $2 million house last week that had no technology anywhere. <laughs> $2 million house. Yep. Not a jack in the wall anywhere. Not even cable. I was dumbfounded. Everything's Wi-Fi. Everything's Wi-Fi. And, and unfortunately, some people in the industry sell that to the clientele. Not me. I'm like, fiber. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how about we run fiber to every single location? Exactly. Be ready. That's the smart thing. I can't get anybody to do that, though. And I it's can only not do that, that on backbone. Yeah, and it's not that expensive when the house is still in sticks. Right. You know, once it's built out, you know, sorry. Yeah. You know. And, you know, frankly, I mean, I can I can pull fire in a ret uh, fiber in a retrofit, but it's nerve-wracking. Yeah. You know, I'd rather just pull copper in a retro because yeah, I don't have to worry about it. You bend that shit in half. You don't know what your bends are. Yeah. Whole nine yards. So. I was pulling one of those uh, frame TV 100, you know, not 100, 50-foot uh, cables. 50-foot cables, yeah. But, uh, 15 meters, really, is what it is. Yep. It's like 49.2 feet or some shit. But the, um, I was pulling it, and it was a low-pitch roof, and I was up in the attic, laying on my belly. Yep. Straddled between 24-inch center rafters, so hanging on for dear life on my knees and my elbows while I'm trying to pull a, uh, you know, drill up to the corner, and I had to kind of do like a angled thing where I come in like this, you know, like at a, how was that, 30, 45, probably, probably 30, 30 <laughs> degree angle to get the length of the shaft on the drill, on the uh, paddle bit to get started in the top plate and then come down, you know, go in far enough that I could start making that turn. And man, I fought that long connector getting through that curved bend. Oh, yeah. I had to go between upstairs and downstairs like six times. I had to re-drill, not a new hole, but just kind of go straight in. Yeah, widen it out so yeah. I could make that bend. And It was brutal, dude. I was like, I don't, I just don't like this anymore. Yeah. I don't, I'm not into this anymore. Yeah. Am I happy that everything's wireless? Nobody can see any equipment. Everything's stored up in a cabinet now, you know, in the laundry room and, it looks like, well, how does your TV run? It's, there's nothing even here, you know? Right. But I'm just, I don't, I just don't care. I'm not that guy anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's part of growth and change. <laughs> yeah, so. You know? Appreciate you coming to the podcast and helping us, uh, you know, throw something down here so that we can, we can try to maybe pick up some, some money down the road and, you know, if things get successful, who knows, maybe we can figure something out. But I'm really hoping to find as many ways as possible to uh, make money through the online circuit and, uh, you know, produce these dinosaur shows with my kids and get, you know, music and things recognized that I've, projects I've worked on a long time ago. I've been having fun 
kind of revisiting some of that and trying to make, you know, at least a YouTube channel and put up photos from back in those days. And yeah. I don't think I'm going to get a lot of views or a lot of money out of it, but I was laughing with some of the old guys in the band from when I was like 15. I'm like, you know, that music on the intro and the outro, that's us when we were like, you know, fi from 15 to our early 20s, not, you know, not even 23 or four or anything, like early 20s. Yeah. And, um, and I was laughing with one of the guys, and I said, you know, wouldn't it be funny if we, like, got a following? I doubt it, but if we got a following of some kind all these years later. <laughs> it's, it's happened before. It'd be crazy. But it's either happened. way, I just want to put it out there and have it so that we can enjoy finding it and distributing it to the people that were around back then. I think that's an important part. <clears throat> yeah, it's a community thing. So well, and I think... If there's a silver lining to what's going on over the last few years, it's that, that a lot of people are creators now mm -hmm. in there. You know, I'm a little bit older, so I have contemporaries of, oh, the damn millennials, damn millennials. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know what? When I look, I see a lot of millennials that I know that realize they've been sold a bill of goods. College isn't worth anything. The good paying jobs aren't necessarily there. So they say, you know what? fuck it, I'm going to build tables. And they're creating. They're using their hands, they're using their brains. And ultimately, they're probably going to be more happy. Because that counts for, there's more than one way to get paid, folks. A hundred percent. And uh, creative satisfaction is, I mean, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I've been writing, really, I want to say not writing, but adapting existing scripts that funny enough with the conversations we've had um in my mind it was a western but in my heart i know it's all stemming from a samurai tale you know of uh mm. you know the lone stranger comes to town sees the disarray from the business owner that has his thumb on the town and owns the sheriff and and all that sort of thing and the the you know pale-faced stranger that came in you know Loosely, Shane, you know, yeah, um, saves the saves the town and stops the bad guy. You know, uh, good trumps evil. It's amazing how much of that is actually influenced by Japanese samurai lore. Yeah, um, it really birthed a lot of that stuff. We grew up, <clears throat> and our parents grew up watching the the lone the lone guy. Yeah, you know. Coming in and making a difference for the better. Exactly. Or playing both sides and making the two bad guy factions destroy each other while he collects all the money. And then we had, when I was a kid, showing my age a little bit, we had Kung Fu. Oh, yeah. David Carradine. Stole it from Bruce Lee. Yeah, totally. <laughs> my hero. One yeah. of my big heroes, Bruce Lee. Yeah. But I still way. like David Carradine. It wasn't his fault. No. I mean, he, didn't, he wasn't the treacherous one. No. But, uh. That was a great show, you know. He's a, he's a peaceful stranger, you know, comes into town with a staff and kicks some ass and yeah. does some right. Yeah. I'm down with that show. And when you man. think about it now, I mean, that show would never be made now. It was so sparse and kind of dystopian. Just the way they made it is very, very sparse. Yeah. It's not densely populated with characters or anything like that. It's almost, oh, it's hard to describe. Yeah, on our on our other project, the uh, Jim Jimerson experience, our our rated R cartoon, 
you know, we have a shitload of characters and we have developed how they know each other, where they're from, you know, all these different things, how they get introduced to the show. They become recurring characters as soon as you see them once. So they, you know, we try to work them in as much as we can. And, um, man, that's fun. Just coming up with an idea for a person. Like he came up with a ship boat captain. That's like by far one of my favorite characters of all times. It's loosely based on an actual person that existed, but we made it ridiculous and, you know, linked to modern times and that's things awesome. like that. And just, so much fun, man. So much fun making all that shit. And, and uh, you know, even just designing the city, you know, making the, the place that all these people live and work and interact with each other and, and how it all goes down and, you know, the, the different cultures and, and types of people and demographics. And, and, uh, and, you know, frankly, a lot of it is poking fun at the social norms in america and just mm -hmm. saying you know i don't care who you are this shit is funny yeah <laughs> and if you take offense to it you're guilty of your crazy form of social racism or whatever the fuck it is i don't, I don't even know who cares yeah. you're just being a dick just calm down <laughs> i like the frank zappa analogy it's like i i lampoon everybody and everything and it's yeah. okay to do so as long as you're willing to do it to yourself more than anything. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of been my guiding mantra. And that whole world creation thing, that's the most fun part. Like, you know, the book I'm working on now started with an idea with an artist friend who said, I just want to draw a samurai in the Old West kicking ass. Yeah. And so me and my crazy brain starts reading, you know, Japanese history. <laughs> and building that world and building a case that like this is how this all ties together you know right. and right. creating the world and making it make sense and my friend being like this is never going in a book and I was like it's not about that I've got the I've got the world created now we can populate that world with stories right and, so, and also and also why not and also why can't those samurai um, <coughs> be a band of velvet clad pimps that's a side story. <laughs> From the world of these samurai comes... Pimpasama. <laughs> Pimpasama. Pimpasama. Frederick, come over here for a minute. Yes, boss. Go slap that hoe. <laughs> go slap a bitches. <laughs> yeah, go slap a bitchy. You gonna slap a bitches. Where's my money? I got a pimp from from South Alabama. He's been giving us trouble. You know you find the man when you see his hand marked hoe slapper. <laughs> and his name is T-Bob Purdy. Yeah, that's right. His pickup truck has four sets of horns on the grill. Why? Because he does them four at a time. That's why. I think I saw his truck on the road yesterday. It was like a cream white with gold trim. And then train horns all over it. Oh yeah. And then on the back, and it was it had like forties on it. It was, you know, the bumper was probably forty plus inches tall. Oh yeah. And there was in script lettering, whoever's truck this was, your purity class. So <laughs> yeah. um in script lettering right right on the below of the tailgate it said 
blue-collar money. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's right. He lives in that motherfucker, then. That's right. I'll tell you what. I make 50000 a year. This truck cost me seventy-five. <laughs> <laughs> a year. A year. <laughs> it's a buy here, buy here, pay here. I may eat McDonald's, but my fucking truck is amazing. Let me tell you something, Timmy. A truck is a measure of a man, Timmy. My name's not Timmy. I don't fucking care. You're Timmy today. Look at this truck, bitch. <laughs> you look at my truck. I want you to go around there and you look at that little sand on the on the bed there and you, you tell me. You probably don't even know what a fucking blue collar is, bitch. You only been wearing t-shirts. Yeah. I went to Walmart and I bought me some fucking dickies with a blue collar and I'm going to fucking kick your ass. Fuck the dickies, man. I get them little uh, flannels. See the back with of the this hand? With the pearl snap buttons. Do you see the back of this hand? It says ho slapper. Do you want to be my next ho Timmy? I will fucking trick you. <laughs> you will be a trick ass bitch. I don't care if you're not gay, motherfucker. You fuck that man. <laughs> Skippy, come here. Show him. Show Timmy. Show Timmy what to do. Listen here, pal. You just got two for one because I'm feeling fucking generous. Now you tip them good or I will fucking show you the back of my hoe slapper hand. And if that ain't good enough, I lift my shirt tail and show you pearly gates here, if you know what I mean. That's right. Bitch, come over here and turn on NASCAR. <clears throat> fucking now. I don't care if I have a remote. Get over here. You pick up the remote for me and I tell you in a mean voice what to fucking put on the TV. I don't care if it's not on now. Fucking find it. And then go get me another PBR. I fucking shotgun PBRs. I get the tall boys and I fucking scream at my hose. <laughs> I could do this all day. I could just sit around, make up characters, make them as politically incorrect as possible, make all the wanwas fucking cry to their mommy about how fucking I didn't say it politically correct. And, uh, you know... It's some of my favorite. It's some of my favorite gun-toting people say, which I always think is hilarious because I don't ever want to hurt anybody. But I like. There's a whole class of people in the gun community that are like, I hope you fucking come here. I hope you come here and you try to talk shit and uh, fucking take my gun. Nobody's coming to your house to take your gun. Antifa's not coming to your house in the country. <laughs> Not yet. Well, if they do, I hope they do. Yeah. I hope they fucking come here. <clears throat> no, you don't. Damn it, I've just become one of them. Shit. <sighs> I saw a guy the other day. Um, I was at the liquor store, and he was coming out of the title loan place right there. That's where I live, folks. Um, in a place with a liquor store and a title place right in the same. What know, else do you need? Cash to loan. That's convenient shopping, shop on man. The other corner. And the um, the guy came out of the title place, and he had a, a helmet on. Well, I couldn't see because there was a car in the way that there was a motorcycle, and he had a black hoodie on and a black motorcycle helmet on. And I was like, the fucking Antifa's here. <coughs> I'm heavy, bitch. Don't come over here with your fucking shield and billy club. I'll shoot through that motherfucker. <laughs> come out your ass. <laughs> Wow. Yep. I actually that that voice I'm doing is an impression of a customer who blew me off for five thousand bucks and just disappeared with all my gear. Uh, 
Gotta love them. Yeah, a former bull rider and owner of the Nashville Stars, which was a basketball team here, and couldn't pay a $5,000 bill. I've got enough cash to pay the fucking bill. Yeah. You know, I had. You're probably not the only guy that got ripped in that deal. Oh, no, yeah, a whole bunch of people did. <clears throat> but yeah, he just. Uh, oh! Ping pop. But he. he uh, How's the NSA popping in? It's all yeah, good. for sure. They heard me talk about that guy. Yep. T-Bob. Let's get on to T-Bob. But yeah, he, um, funny enough, is enough of a character that I'm like, he is now my hillbilly character. I'm going to do his voice and make him the ridiculous fucking guy. That's your your revenge in perpetuity. Well, that, and I'm going to, I can't tell you on here. Um, but essentially, uh, da, 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 I'm writing to Andy. Are we passing notes? Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> I feel younger already. <laughs> to subscribe. <laughs> How about those chiefs? Yeah, right. There you go. So that's my plan. A very, very specific. I like it. Thing. I like it. Yeah. I sent the dude a note. I was like, hey, you know, because he's like a small business advocate, funny enough. And I sent him a, <laughs> I sent him a message saying, hey, I just read your article about debt negotiation. That, <laughs> that guy? Yeah. Same guy? Same guy. Wow. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Fraud. He's a fraud. 100%. I mean, it's grand theft what he did to me. Yeah. That's five fraud. fucking mortgage payments for me he stole. He's a fraud. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> I sent him a note saying, hey, I just read your article about debt negotiation. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> exclamation point, exclamation point. Hi, smiley face. Yeah. It's funny. When you were writing that article, how many people did you fucking blow off and steal their fucking their product and services? When you were writing that article, you know? Yeah. Fucking tool. <clears throat> but yeah, he got me, he got Josh B. You know, and they're Karma. Karma. He got an arborist, a window guy, and God knows who, how many else people. He was leasing the house and had them fucking, had an arborist come down and cut down a bunch of trees that didn't even belong to him. That they left on wow. purpose when they built the house. They were like, we want all these trees around here, you know. So what, did he skip town? Yeah, I mean, I I could find them. It wouldn't yeah. be that hard. No, it's not worth yeah. five thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got a good life here. Got the podcast. Got all this good stuff going. You know, part of that learning experience. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I got a contract and stuff. I could definitely like have them served and arrested and all that. And I have reported to the police, but when I uh, was living in Atlanta. <clears throat> I had a friend of mine who was a singer come down to live with me. And uh, we were struggling, you know, trying to establish ourselves. And he decided he wasn't cut out for Atlanta. So while I was working one day, he took all the cash we had and skipped town. Oh, fun. And, you know, I was talking to my dad about it. And he said, oh, good. I was like, what do you mean good? You got off cheap. It's like you got off cheap and you know who that guy is. <laughs> yeah. And you can avoid them forever now. Yeah. You mark them off the list. 
you know, he could have got you a lot worse. <clears throat> I bailed this dude, Josh, out of jail um, in South Chicago years ago for like 200 bucks. Never seen him again. And I was like, everybody was laughing about it. Like, man, he got you for 200 bucks. I was like, are you kidding me? That's the cheapest I ever got rid of a dude I didn't really like hanging out with anyway. Yep. Ever. Yep. Didn't have to get into a fight. Didn't have to tell him to fuck off. And he still came back. Took himself out of the equation. It was great. Yep. Persona non grata status. Check. Yeah. Fucking piss off. Yeah, that's somebody that can't can't play you anymore. Well, it's not that he was playing me. He was just annoying. Man, he'd come around and creep out all the girls. Nobody wanted to fuck us because, you know, he'd come around with his big old creepy smile. Looking like a fucking, you know, crackhead and shit. <laughs> Always wearing like those like gaudy like silk shirts with dragons all over them, big like gold rings on, you know. Sounds Try like to... a pimp. Yeah. <laughs> He's a pimp without any hose. Holeless <laughs> pimp. I just can't get these girls to commit. <laughs> commit. Oh, commit. <laughs> commit to me as your pimp. Please. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he he would, like, go pretend he was a contractor and, like, get all of our friends, because we were all tradesmen, get all of our friends to go over there and work for him. And then he'd say all the stuff he did right in front of them that they did to the homeowner. <laughs> this is what I did for you. You know, he didn't actually do anything. Right. And so everybody, like, quit, you know. Like, oh, yeah, you did all that? Hey, when am I getting paid? Well, we got to finish the whole job first. No, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, my phase is done. We're not waiting nine months to get paid. Yeah, I'm not I'm not on your contractor's from, profit. From unlicensed contractor, you know, douchebag. Right. So funny though. That's just how a lot of folks are. I know it. But not the samurai. Not the samurai. Tom uh Tom Cruise showed the whole world what the last samurai looks like. It's Tom Cruise. Mm. Deep. That's what they, you know, when I watched that movie, that was the first thing I thought. They made a, the last of the samurai a white guy? So, really, his name was Saigo. So this is a real guy? The last samurai, not him. But there was a guy <clears throat> who was a U.S. officer who was one of his advisors. Mm. And so... This, in this period, it's crazy because Saigo was, he was for the emperor. And you had the shoguns who were basically running things. And the emperor was essentially like a figurehead who they just would appease and whatever. We're going to do what we're going to do. And so you had these samurai that wanted to restore the emperor to be the true leader of the country. And they were for some modernization, but... Not to the degree that some other people were. Right. So ironically, this guy, Saigo, who was loyal to the emperor, wound up on the shit list of the emperor and got kind of forced into a rebellion. And <clears throat> essentially, I think he had about 20,000 loyal followers. And they basically chased him back to his land, which is in the far uh, southwest of Japan. And it's this epic story of... 30,000 imperial troops basically surrounding his last 500 followers on this hill and then basically fuck it samurai charge 
and that's it. Hmm. I hearing stuff. Did you hear my kid? I heard something. Was that the ghost you were talking about? Maybe. Might have been my child. I don't know. Well, samurai. Gay Russian clowns, etc. Integration. Integration. While you're here, you're going to hear lots of shit. I'll tell you that much. Andy, I'd like to thank you for coming out. I think we're going to wrap this up. As uh, all white people say before they're going to leave. Well, well, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and tie this thing off. And, uh, hey, thanks for having me out. It was fun. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Um, you know, I'd like to thank you for coming to the show. Many thanks to Gene, our producer. Uh, thanks as well to our fake sponsors and Santeria for the music. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. See you next time.